Hello and welcome to episode three of the Knock On Sports Show podcast. As we got a jam-packed show for you, I am your host Anthony Knock. Remember to hit the subscribe button on the Knock On Sports Show podcast, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Please support the show and hit the subscribe button. You can also follow me on social media at the Knock On Sports Show on Facebook and at the Knock On Sports on Twitter. Also, you can follow me a Knock Reiner on Instagram as well. Find out what's going on with the latest as uh, getting closer and closer for my family's restaurant to open. I'll be uh, slinging some pizzas, grilling some burgers, and doing all sorts of fun stuff uh, as uh, we get ready to open up this restaurant. But, like I said, a lot of fun there, and uh, we'll see what happens. But really excited for today's episode of the podcast as we take a look at some of the guys in AA football that have been traveling outside of the state. Obviously, we I have well documented on my show how much you can travel in Montana and how much I'm not a fan of some of the travel. But at the same time, we are seeing AA football players traveling outside of Montana and reaching all corners of the country. We'll talk about that here in just a second, as well as Riley Burgesson's uh, camp as well. And then we'll take a look at four more high school football teams in AA football with my Way Too Early Look series. Who's coming back? Who has the highest percentage of points coming back to their team? We'll break it all down here on Episode 3 of the Knock On Sports Show podcast. Let's go ahead and jump right into this with Riley Burgesson's Pat Dolan Memorial Youth Football Camp. Uh, once again, we talked about it last week on the show. Want to hit it once again. Again, those around the Billings area or close enough to the Billings area that want to get their little ones involved. It's $25. Uh, that's the cost. And all the proceeds go to Yellowstone Youth Footballs. It's great to see Riley doing this and giving back to his community and giving back to the game that he loves as well. So again, uh, if you need more information, and check it out. Pat Dolan Memorial Football Camp uh, Facebook page. Again, the camp costs $25, and the camp is on June 16th. And Riley, best of luck with the camp this upcoming week. Speaking to Riley Burgesson, he was also in Annapolis earlier this week. Let's kick off where our AA football players have been so far this summer. Uh, Riley was in Annapolis taking a visit at the Naval Academy, which I can only imagine is uh, breathtaking and at the same time really cool just to see the history and just see the aura of that legendary place, which is Annapolis and the Naval Academy. Uh, more to some players that have been traveling along with Riley. We saw Isaiah Clonch, his teammate over in LA participating in the elite 11 camp, which was pretty cool. Again, a top flight quarterback in double a football. Also saw uh, a new quarterback that I'll be playing in AA this year, Jake Vegan for uh, Gallatin. He was in Dallas earlier this week as well. So, uh, like I said, a lot of Montana quarterbacks uh, making their way across the country. I can't wait to see where Caden Hewitt is going to be going this summer. I've heard uh, that he's gonna he's got travel plans, and so I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up and where he'll be showcasing his skills, which will be really cool. Uh, so, again, uh, great to see these guys traveling. Uh, I know Taco Dollar was over at Kansas State earlier this week. Uh, that was pretty cool to see uh, him in some Wildcat colors, along with a lot of players from AA football uh, that took a visit to Montana State as well and got dressed up in uh, the Montana State Bobcats uniforms. Again, those all-white uniforms are pretty cool. Um 
Very slick look at the visor on everything. Uh, pretty slick look for, for young players uh, looking and thinking about maybe going to uh, Montana State as well. That's going to do it for our players that have been traveling outside the state of Montana. Again, players, if you want to let me know where you're going, just hit me up on Twitter and Facebook at the Knock on Sports. Send me a message. Send me a DM. Or you can email me at knockonsports at gmail.com. Let me know where you're going. We'll definitely highlight it here on the podcast. So that's everybody that's been traveling that I have seen uh, so far. I know we've got a ton of football players that are going to be traveling over the course of the next couple of weeks in June as, as well as July, I am sure. I know uh, Montana State, I think, has a couple more camps to go. I think uh, Tech does as well. I think Montana does as well, along with uh, other colleges within Montana got their camps coming up here in the coming weeks. So it'll be really interesting to see. As I mentioned in Episode 1, the numbers, if we do get to see those numbers, I'm hoping there's a couple combines. I haven't seen anything that suggests there will be a combine. Combine, but I certainly am hoping that somebody will be running a combine here for our local football players in Montana at some point this summer. Let's go ahead and dive right into our way too early look series here as you're listening to the Knock On Sports Show podcast. Uh, let's jump into uh, one of our Western teams. We take a look at the Big Sky Eagles. This team made it as a playoff team as the sixth seed going two and five in the regular season. Uh, they fell to Glacier in the opening round. Coach Matt Johnson is going into his 11th season as head coach. So far, Coach Matt Johnson has a 39-73 and record and is 1-4 in the playoffs. Coach Johnson has taken the Eagles to the postseason in four out of the last seven seasons. He's also had two eight-winning seasons as well. The Eagles scored 185 points last season while giving up 329, which was a minus 144-point differential and an average scoring margin in a game of 18 points. Of the points scored last season, the seniors accounted for 144 points, which is 85% of the total points scored by Big Sky last year. The underclassmen accounted for 32 points, or 14% of the total points scored by the Eagles last year. Big Sky was plus 5 in the turnover margin. They had 12 takeaways, as well as giving the ball up 7 times. So again, not a bad number to be in. Again, if you're in the uh, plus side of the turnover margin, that's always a good thing. When you take a look at the players graduating for Coach Johnson, Colter Janicaro, 84 completions out of 151 attempts, 1,010 yards, 55% completion percentage, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. His longest touchdown pass was 69 yards. On the rushing side for Janicaro, 168 carries, 1,067 yards, and 18 touchdowns. His longest touchdown run was 59 yards. And on the defensive end, 40 tackles, eight tackles for loss and four sacks. When you talk about Janicaro and that name, that is just an impressive name. When you talk about Coulter and his mark that he left on Big Sky, as well as his older brother Levi, both guys were tremendous football players. I don't know if the Janicaro clan has any more sons left. Uh, so I believe, though, that I think Big Sky is – this will be their first year without a Janicaro. Um, so they're going to have to find someone like him, another playmaker like Janicaro, and uh, we'll see what they do there. But again, uh, they've had a great run. Both guys uh, were tremendous football players at Big Sky in the time that I saw them. Uh, Levi and Coulter were two dudes that you just you had a hard time uh, bringing them down. And so, uh, again, it'll be a big loss for Big Sky uh, not having uh, Coulter Janicaro uh, and the way he performed last season. 
couple of the guys that are graduating, Hunter Meisen, 44 carries, 100 yards, three touchdowns on the defensive side, 50 tackles, one tackle for loss, and two pass deflections. Sean Hughesby rushed five times for 31 yards, and on defense had 67 tackles and two tackles for loss. Mitch Merald contributed. Tegan Soule as well defensively had 19 tackles, and Zavala Donovan on defense contributed 21 tackles and one tackle for loss. Now, I know there's a lot of seniors. Again, we can get to a lot of them as well. But, uh, again, highlighting some of the top performers there. Looking at uh, players coming back. Again, they've got top flight playmakers uh, coming back for Big Sky. It's just going to be the question of how do these guys and where do these guys fit. Uh, because, again, the question will be who plays quarterback, as Colton Genicaro was the quarterback for the Big Sky offense. Who's playing quarterback this upcoming season that can get the ball to these guys? One of the big returners, Lewis Sanders, 11 carries, 52 yards. In terms of receiving, 27 receptions, 372 yards, one touchdown. On the defensive side, had 36 tackles, two tackles for loss, four interceptions, which was good enough for the team lead. On special teams, he punted the ball 13 times with a 34.8 average. And then on the kick return side, 12 returns for 276, a 23-yard average return. Trey Reed, another dangerous weapon for the Big Sky offense last season. 26 catches, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. Also had 39 tackles on defense, one tackle for loss, and two interceptions. Cole Sandberg on the catching side had four catches, 88 yards. On defense, 53 tackles as well. Uh, you look at Colby Jensen, again, an all-state player for Big Sky, the only one coming back. Had 82 tackles last year, six tackles for loss, one sack, and one interception. This guy did it all on the Big Sky defense, and again, he is going to be a player to watch for the Big Sky Eagles this upcoming season, especially on that defensive side of the football. Dawson Rolston on defense had 20 tackles. Uh, Chase Meyer, a another defensive player, 12 tackles, one tackle for loss. You had Harley Bennett on special teams that contributed 8 of 13 extra points. The defense had 11 turnovers uh, coming back to this squad next year, which is impressive. So this defense was able to take the ball away at times last year, 11 turnovers, nothing to sneeze at. And the fact that they've got uh, – well, they have more turnovers than that, but the fact that they've got 11 coming back, really good for the defense. And it's just a, a number that you look at. This defense knows how to take the football away, which is good because obviously the more that you can take the football away, create short fields for your offense, the better chance that you have at winning football games. And so the fact that they've got this much experience and the guys that can take the football away from offenses going to be big here in 2021. When I look at the outlook for this football program, this will be the first year without Jenna Carroll, as I mentioned. So the Eagles will need to find their next either dual-threat quarterback or next great running back or quarterback. What the Eagles do have coming back is great weapons in Sanders and Reed. Again, I don't know if one of those guys gets moved to quarterback. Uh, a lot of questions I'm sure Coach Matt Johnson has already answered and is working on uh, scheming together. But these guys are definite playmakers one way or another where you, where you just get them the ball in their hands. They're going to find space, and if they can get that space, they can definitely create big plays and create points for the Big Sky offense. One of the big questions, and it's something that we've always talked about here with Big Sky, and it's always tough because, again, as I mentioned, in AA football, it helps when you have a big offensive line. Does Big Sky have some big boys up front? If you got them, that's great. If you don't, that can make things a little bit difficult. doesn't automatically mean that if you don't have big boys up front that you don't have a winning season, uh, but it does help contribute to wins in the column. 
Again, the Eagles have good defensive pieces coming back in Sanders and Reed as well as Colby Jensen. Uh, like I said, it's really uh, great that they've got out of the 12 turnovers they had last year, 11 coming back. The sacks will need to increase along with that turnover number. Again, if they can create more pressure on opposing quarterbacks, that's going to help uh, secure more three and outs and more forced punts by the opposing team. And so we'll see if uh, more sacks uh, will be generated by the Big Sky defensive unit. Again, I think this is a team that, with the guys that they have coming back, potentially are a playoff team. Again, you need to be top six in the West out of eight teams. Big Sky was number 16. They got wins against Flathead and uh, Hellgate last year, and there were games where they were definitely close. I remember uh, the Glacier game the first time around. A couple other ones, Big Sky was able to uh, definitely hang around in the first half and in the third quarter, but unfortunately in the fourth quarter, and again, that's where that depth issue has come up to bite uh, Big Sky. Uh, sometimes it's just not enough. But, again, we'll see if uh, the numbers have improved uh, for Big Sky. But, uh, again, I think this is a fringe playoff team for sure. And, like I said, Coach Matt Johnson's done a nice job over there. Four out of the last seven seasons, Big Sky has been in the playoffs. And all you can ask for is just to get to the dance. If you get to the dance, anything can happen in the postseason. Look at a Big Sky schedule. They're on the road at Gallatin. They're at home versus Skyview. Then they'll take on in their conference slate on the road at Glacier, at Capitol, at Sentinel, and at Helena. And then at home, they'll have Butte, Hellgate, and Flathead. And so that'll be their home schedule in conference play. Again, I will break down more of the schedule for each team in later episodes of the Knock On Sports Show podcast when we specifically take a look at each uh, schedule. And I'll also rank my uh, toughest schedules, 1 through 16. But again, that'll come in later episodes of the Knock On Sports Show podcast. So that is a way too early look at the Big Sky Eagles. Again, an exciting team. I think a ton of potential uh, this upcoming year. And again, it will be interesting to see how they fit into the dynamic that is the Western double-A conference. Taking a look at another team uh, in double-A football, we'll take a look at one from the east. That is the Great Falls Bison, a team that has got, as I mentioned in episode one, an exciting young quarterback uh, that'll be with another year of experience. Bison went 3-3 three and three last season. They did lose a game against Belgrade because of COVID. The Bison beat Gallatin, Skyview, and CMR. Lost to Bozeman, West, and Senior. They went in as the fourth seed in the playoffs. The Bison went 1-1 one one in the postseason. Uh, they lost to Sentinel in the second round of the playoffs. The last time the Bison made the postseason was 2018. The last time they missed was in 2017. Coach Mark Sampson is entering his sixth season as head coach of the Bison. Coach Sampson is 16-32 and 32 so far and 1-2 and in the playoffs. Obviously, I know Coach Mark Sampson has a more extensive coaching record from his time at Capitol and a much more prolific one with numerous state championships, no question about that. But again, just looking at the situation with Coach Sampson at Great Falls since he has taken over. The Bison scored 207 points last season. They gave up 183. The seniors accounted for 93 points, which is 44% of the point production. Underclassmen accounted for 114 points and 55% of the point production. Bison defense cost 25 turnovers, and the Bison were plus 14 in the turnover margin. Players graduating, one of the best, Levi Torgerson. What couldn't this guy do last year, and what couldn't he do during his time at Great Falls? Uh, this guy had five carries for 87 yards. That might be his lowest statistical total out of everything that he did last year. Reception-wise, 51 catches, 709 yards, six touchdowns. Again, on a shortened season, I think this guy would have easily gotten over 1,000 had it been a regular season. 
You look at defensively, 49 tackles, two tackles for loss, five interceptions, nine pass deflections, two interceptions returned for touchdowns. Along with that on special teams, two kick return touchdowns. This guy was so dynamic and such a playmaker uh, for Great Falls last year. He is going to be really, really tough uh, to replace. Then you look at uh, Peyton Gonzer on the receiving side, seven catches, 98 yards on defense, 80 tackles, five tackles for loss, four interceptions, and eight pass deflections. Special teams, the kicker, Judah McAdam, 27 of 29 for extra points. Then you've got Donovan Mahoney on defense, 45 tackles, eight tackles for loss. Looking at some line play, Hunter Boyd on defense, 44 tackles, 4 tackles for loss, 4 sacks. Ethan DeRoach, 41 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, and 5 sacks. Then you look at uh, Liam Swanson, 41 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, 8 sacks. And Elijah Davis, 36 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, and 4 sacks. A lot of sacks are going to be missing uh, this upcoming year for the Great Falls Bison. They're going to have to find some guys to replace that sack production. When you talk about players returning, obviously the quarterback, Reed Harris, will be a junior. 118 completions, 190 attempts, 62% completion percentage. Really impressive for a sophomore. 1,335 yards, 8 touchdowns, 10 interceptions to go along with it. And then on the same side, he's a dual-threat quarterback, true dual-threat. 93 carries, 551 yards, 7 touchdowns to go along with it. This guy is tough to stop, and the Great Falls Bison offense is in good hands for the next two seasons. Running back Ryan Crea, 97 carries, 500 yards rushing, 7 touchdowns. Also can receive out of the backfield, 26 catches, 210 yards, 2 touchdowns. And then, obviously, All-State on the defensive side as well, 70 tackles, 16 tackles for loss, and 1 interception. Uh, Rafe Longin as well, 15 carries, 45 yards. Also had 5 catches for 21 on the defensive side, 48 tackles. Six tackles for loss, one sack, three interceptions, three pass deflections. Rafe Longin doing a tremendous job on the defensive side of the football. Kale uh, Gunlock coming back, 19 catches, 215 yards. You look at uh, Bridger Polk, again, a guy that does a lot. Um, six rushes, 111 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he had defensively 14 tackles and then special teams, 19 punts, 736 yards, three inside the 20. This guy was great, had a great leg in terms of punting. Again, he was also an all-state punter on, and uh, did a great job on special teams. Another guy to keep an eye on is going to be Zach Newton, a guy that racked up 84 tackles, 16 of those tackles for loss. You look at his teammate, Devin Brewer, as well, 44 tackles, four interceptions, five pass deflections as well. I mean, you're talking about a couple of guys here. I mean, just between Devin Brewer and Rafe Longin, seven interceptions. Again, Great Falls defensively had 25 turnovers, 17 of those as interceptions a season ago. Uh, obviously, Levi Torgerson with a couple interception return for touchdowns. Uh, but at the same time, this defense brings back a ton of talent. They're a defense that only gave up 183 points. And again, it's going to be tough in the East. There are some phenomenal offenses. You talk about Billings West. You talk about Bozeman. As I just mentioned with Gallatin, they've got some playmakers you don't want to sleep on. Uh, so in the East, there are a lot of playmakers. So this defense every single week, especially in conference play, is going to get tested. But again, a lot of really great returning talent for the Great Falls Bison. Again, just great returning talent in some very key areas. And in particular, as I mentioned, the quarterback spot with Reed Harris, I really can't wait to see what this young man does here in his second year as a starter. I mean, he was phenomenal as a basketball player for the Bison basketball team. 
So athletic, so many big plays. Can't wait to see what he does this upcoming fall. Here's the outlook and some questions I do have for the Bison. Uh, this Great Falls team is young. Again, great quarterback at the helm. Truly a dual threat. Uh, again, this team needs to be able to beat teams like West, Bozeman, and Senior. I'll break down their schedule in our schedule episode. Um, but again, this is a team that needs to try and figure out a way to beat one of those three or two out of those three uh, football teams. I look at Great Falls potentially as a contender in the East and and perhaps a challenger as well. I mean, I know contender, challenger kind of goes in the same sentence, but again, we know what West is. Uh, I think when you're talking about everything on paper in the preseason, I think you're going to look at it, and I think a lot of people would agree, West is probably the team ahead just because of what they have coming back. And so this is going to be one of those things where maybe when we see Great Falls play West and the, in the, the resume that Great Falls puts together leading up to that game, We'll find out uh, where this team is really at in, in terms of contending to be the Eastern Conference champions because if it, everything runs through Great Falls in terms of the playoffs, uh, that's obviously a win-win for Coach Mark Sampson and the Bison so they don't have to go anywhere on the road. Uh, who steps into the role of Levi Torgerson? Again, you're talking about uh, who steps into that role, who be, who becomes that playmaker in special teams, on defense. Again, uh, can you find a guy that can take it to the house twice? Again, I, I like some of the uh, secondary guys and secondary pieces that they have because obviously they know how to get after the football. But again, uh, just that compliment where it's like, all right, you have your deep threat. I mean, Levi Torgerson taking a touchdown to the house in, in the playoff game against Sentinel on a jet sweep. Who's going to be that home run hitter uh, for Great Falls? Do they have somebody waiting in the wings? Now, again, it's very, very difficult. I mean, you're talking about an all-around class player in Levi Torgerson, so I'm not saying that they need to find somebody that does exactly what he just did this past year. That's way too difficult and too much pressure uh, for any young player, but who can they find that, that that's, can step into that role, or how many players can they find that fit into those various roles? Do they have a guy that can be that deep threat uh, as well? Uh, do they have a returner? Uh, those types of things. It's kind of like you know, money ball. It's not necessarily I need to find one player to fit and, and replace one guy. If you got multiple guys that can do the things that the one player did, that helps just as well, and then obviously that would go a long way in terms of depth. The Bison have Cray, who can run and catch it out of the backfield, which is a huge uh, advantage. You just don't see too many running backs in high school football that are able to complement and do both of those things. We haven't seen it too much uh, recently in high school football, but the fact that Cray can do this, I think this is uh, going to be really interesting for him and for this Great Falls Bison team because, again, now on top of the fact that you've got Reed Harris, you, you're going to have that safety valve, so when Reed decides like he may look like he may take off, he can just dump it right over to Ryan Cray, and all of a sudden you just see a 20-yard gain uh, from the running back out of the backfield. Uh, this defense, only one player coming back with a sack. And uh, so who's going to take over at the pass rushing uh, spot? Who's going to be taking over on the defensive end side? Who's going to be the guy that's going to be getting after the quarterback? And, and, again, how many guys can uh, for this Great Falls Bison team? Because, again, the more pressure they can create, especially when you're talking about some of the quarterbacks they're going to face this year, in particular Helena, uh, you're also talking about uh, the quarterbacks against Gallatin. You're talking about the quarterbacks against uh, Billings West and Senior. And I mean, just the entire conference, if you will. Uh, you got to be able to get after the quarterback if you want to stack up wins in that column. And so, uh, with only one sack coming back again, and Great Falls is able to rack up the sacks, as I mentioned, in the players graduating. But who's going to be that guy that can rack them up? Maybe even get to double-digit sacks this upcoming season for Great Falls. 
I think for the first time in some time, I think the Bison make the playoffs for the second consecutive season, and they could potentially be a team that makes a deep playoff run with the talent that they have on their roster. As I mentioned, with some of the teams that they are going to face and looking at their schedule, in terms of road in a way, uh, they are going to be at home uh, versus Helena, Bozeman, and West, which is – those are three key games. Uh, again, so to have to have home – and I, I would say more or less especially, being at home against Bozeman, being at home against West – is just an added slight advantage for Great Falls against those two really, really tough teams uh, from the East. So again, the fact that uh, Great Falls will have those two teams at home is big on their schedule. Uh, they've got uh, home games against Skyview and then CMR as well. And then road games, they're at Butte, at Gallatin, at Belgrade, and at Senior. And again, Senior, that Senior game, uh, that game's going to be pivotal for them as well. That could potentially, we're talking about, again, that game against Senior, um, and it, we'll see where that's scheduled. But again, that game, depending where it is, it could tell us it's going to be a, a, a tell type of game because we are going to find out how good this Great Falls team is. Again, I don't think seniors are going to take a big step back. I mean, we haven't done seniors way too early look yet. I'll be very interested to see. Uh, I know they do lose Junior Bergen, who was a tremendous football player, but senior just is able to find playmakers usually. So like I said, I think Great Falls, um, they're going to have games where it's going to tell us where this team is at and where they stack up in terms of the Eastern Conference picture. And I, I know Coach Mark Sampson and Grip, so uh, they have to beat Bozeman, West, and Senior. So a lot of big games on the schedule for Great Falls should be really, really exciting. That is our way too early look at the Great Falls Bison. We have two more teams to take a look at here. But you are listening to the Knock On Sports Show podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Knockrunner. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the Podbean app. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you want to ask questions for the podcast, I am taking questions from listeners. Definitely want to try and answer any questions that I can. Hit me up on the email at knockonsports at gmail.com. That's N-A-C-H-O-N-S-P-O-R-T-S at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message on Facebook, or you can send me a message on Twitter as well, at the Knock on Sports and at the Knock on Sports Show on Facebook. Let's go ahead and take a look at another team in our Way Too Early Look series. We'll take a look at the Gallatin Raptors. Now, this is a team that is very different from everybody else, and here's the reason why. They're bringing everybody back. Nobody is graduating. Everybody is coming back for the Gallatin Raptors. The Raptors finished 1-6 in their first season. The Raptors defeated Belgrade in their lone win. The Raptors lost to Great Falls, West, Senior, Skyview, Seymour, and Bozeman. The Raptors are coached by Hunter Chandler, who will enter his second season as the head coach. The Raptors scored 90 points while giving up 340 points, a minus 250-point scoring differential. Their average scoring margin was 36 points. So there will be no breakdown of team points, as, I'm, as I've mentioned in previous teams, because everybody's coming back. So really, they're not losing anything. All 90 points is coming back for this football team. Now, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of guys obviously coming back, so we're not going to be able to get to all of them. I'm going to highlight some of the key contributors to this team. And like I said, that doesn't mean that these there's, there's other guys that I, if I miss guys – you know, that, that's a possibility here. And like I said, I'll definitely be talking about them once I get to know. And like I said, once we, uh, you know, talk about them with the head coaches as well. 
But players returning, you look at Brayton Mickelson. He was the quarterback, completed 71 passes out of 124 attempts, 870 yards, 7 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. On the ground, carried the ball 51 times for 48 yards. Defensively, had 14 tackles, 2 tackles for loss, and then punted the ball as well with 17 punts and an average of 28.9 yards per punt and 1 punt inside the 20. You look at Bryce Mickelson, uh, 92 carries, 189 yards, two touchdowns. Also caught the ball five times for 64 yards. Then you look at the big tight end, Ryan Schlepp, 31 catches, 489 yards, six touchdowns, led the team in receiving last year. Defensively, 23 tackles, two tackles for loss. You also look at Evan Cherry, 12 catches, 105 yards, one touchdown. And then defensively, 26 tackles, three interceptions. And again, I do apologize if I mispronounce names. Hit me up if I'm pronouncing them wrong. Let me know what the correct pronunciation is. Uh, but Noah Dalkey, I believe is how it is said, is uh, caught nine passes, 143 yards, two touchdowns on defense, had three tackles and four pass deflections. Look at Michael Armstrong. Um, six carries, 104 yards, one touchdown on defense, had 42 tackles. Then you look at Garrett Dalkey as well, receiving wise, 11 catches, 99 yards. You'll get uh, Corin Holzer. Uh, three catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. On defense, had 63 tackles, six tackles for loss, one interception. Special teams-wise, he also had 14 punts uh, for 459 yards, one inside the 20. On the kick return side, had 15 returns for 277 yards, 18.5 yards per return. Looking more at the defensive side now, Garrett Conley, uh, 35 tackles, one tackle for loss, two interceptions, two pass deflections. Looking at the defensive lineman, Aiden Martin, 34 tackles, seven tackles for loss, two sacks. Casey Kerrigan went 12 of 13 for extra points. And on top of that, the Gallatin Raptors also add Jake Vegan. Yeah, the son of Brent Vegan, the new head coach at Montana State. According to what I could find from last season from Wyoming, Jake completed 88 passes out of 186 attempts for 47 completion percentage, six touchdowns, nine interceptions, his longest touchdown pass of the season, 58. So, again, those are the stats that I could find uh, for Jake Vegan uh, out of Laramie last year in Wyoming playing high school football. Uh, again, just like everybody last year, it's tough with the stats. It's great if players had great statistics. Again, sometimes you wonder the shortened season, how much were everybody, and especially in Wyoming, I, I really don't know how much time they got to practice, all those types of things, but Either way, uh, Jake Vegan uh, is going to be on this team. be very, very interesting to see uh, what Coach Chandler does at the quarterback position because it looks like, at least from what I can tell, you know, looking on paper, there's going to be a quarterback battle between uh, Brady Mickelson as well as Jake Vegan. So it'll be really interesting uh, to see uh, how that plays out here through the summer. Again, as I mentioned at the start of this episode, we saw Jake over in Dallas uh, competing and, and showcasing uh, his skills. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, what this young man does in NAA football this upcoming year. As I mentioned, for the outlook of this team, it's going to be a quarterback competition. Curious if uh, Coach Chandler uh, can get his thoughts on the matter, but one of those dangerous pass catchers is Ryan Schlepp at six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds. This guy will be a favorite target for whoever the Raptors quarterback is. He's a tough matchup, too big for a safety, and I don't know if a linebacker is enough to contain him. Watching some of the film for Ryan Schlepp last year, it, it kind of again, I'm not comparing these guys to NFL players, but just seeing some of the things here. Ryan Schlepp shows a little gronkiness, if you know what I mean. I mean, this guy definitely can get behind linebackers. He can be definitely high point the football. And given his frame, 
almost in a way just able to box out defenders. And so uh, this guy in a way <laughs> just looks a little gronky to me uh, when it comes to the tight end position. And so, like I said, that's uh, it'll be fun to see what Ryan Schlepp does this year. But again, a very talented pass catcher. And when you have a tight end like that, a safety valve, if nothing else, for these quarterbacks, I think it makes Gallatin a very dangerous team offensively. Uh, this team was plus three in the turnover margin, which is good. Nine picks last season, five fumble recoveries. This team will need more pressure on the quarterback. One to really keep an eye on is that situation right there. That's the question. Who's going to be getting after the quarterback for the Gallatin Raptors? Who's going to be putting pressure on quarterbacks? You know, Crosstown rival Bozeman against all the teams in the Eastern Conference. Considering this team is bringing everybody back and looks like they have some really tough football players, I think they can pick up a few more wins. The question will be, once again, as I mention all the time, the size of the offensive line. If they got some size up front, look for Gallatin to potentially be a dark horse out of the Eastern Conference as a playoff team and definitely in the playoff mix, in my opinion. Again, I, I when you talk about uh, the situation in the Eastern Conference, obviously you're talking about top six make it, uh, two teams don't. So uh, again, you know, making the playoffs is big, and I, I definitely think Gallatin is in the mix um, as a playoff team. And who knows? I think they could potentially be a dark horse to get one of the home seeds for the Eastern Conference. Let's just say if Gallatin is able to pick up a home playoff game uh, in the playoffs this year, I think that's big for a second-year program. I mean, you go kind of go back to the team that we last saw as a new startup high school. You look at Glacier. Again, they had early success, um, but it still took a couple of years. If Gallatin were able to get to the playoffs, that would be pretty impressive in only their second year of varsity football. So, again, I think Gallatin is going to be a tough team. I think they've got some really interesting pieces uh, on their roster, and it'll be really, really exciting to see how this team uh, puts it all together this upcoming fall. And again, having a true off season and again, going to all the camps and all their players being able to have a chance to get better and being able to use the weight room uh, a little bit more freely than it was last year. Obviously uh, I'm very curious to see the, the growth for this team uh, from last year. And, and when we get to kicking things off in August here in just a couple of months. So again, the biggest questions, uh, who plays quarterback? Who will be the first running back over 1,000 yards for the Raptors? Who can be their sack master? And how much can the defense improve from last season? Looking at their schedule, they have home games against Big Sky West, Great Falls, and Bozeman in Skyview. Looking at their road schedule, they come up to Kalispell at Flathead. They're at Senior, at CMR, and at Belgrade. That is their home and away schedule. So that is a way too early look at the Gallatin Raptors. Now let's take a look at my fourth team in this week's episode of the Knock On Sports Show podcast and my Way Too Early Look series. That is the Helena High Bengals. This is a team that has just been nothing but consistently a winner. The Helena High Bengals last year, they went 6-2, 5-1 in conference play, and they took the second seed in the West. The Bengals beat Butte, Big Sky, Hellgate, Flathead, Glacier, and Capital. They lost to the Bozeman Hawks in the second round of the playoffs, 35-28. Helena lost to Sentinel last season. Head coach Scott Evans is in his fourth season and has compiled a 21-10 record so far with a 2-3 postseason record. The Bengals scored 231 points last season and gave up 133 points. The Bengals were plus 98 in point differential and had an average scoring margin of 12 points. The Bengals scored 34 touchdowns last season, and between seniors and underclassmen, it was 50-50. It was balanced. 17 touchdowns for the seniors, 17 for the underclassmen. Seniors accounted for 55% of the points scored, while underclassmen accounted for 44% of the points scored. 
Now, what tipped the scales in the seniors' favor? Well, Rafe Miller's 27 points from the kicking game. Uh, that is what tipped the scales to the seniors' Uh, favor because again uh 17 touchdowns 17 for seniors 17 for underclassmen that's impressive i i when i looked at that number i'm like wow <laughs> i don't know if i'd ever seen a, a, that much balance in terms of how many touchdowns the senior score and how many touchdowns the underclassmen score but still pretty impressive the Bengals were plus seven in the turnover margin. They had 16 takeaways, and they turned it over nine times. Now taking a look at the players graduating, you look at Ethan Maxness, 95 carries, 451 yards, two touchdowns. Also caught the ball four times, 37 yards, and a touchdown. You look at receiver Dawson Tedesco. He had nine carries for 49 yards, and then 26 catches for 456 yards and six touchdowns. Ben Swanson had four runs for 37 yards, three catches for 31 yards and a touchdown, and did a lot of things defensively. 42 tackles, one tackle for loss, and two interceptions. Rafe Miller, 11 carries for 34 yards, 30 catches for 416 yards and six touchdowns. Zach Evans did a lot of things as well. Nine catches for 58 yards. Also had 105 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, and two sacks as he is now over at the University of Montana. Jack Marcel defensively, 45 tackles, four tackles for loss, five sacks. Zach Carson, 34 tackles, five tackles for loss, and a team-leading 10 sacks on the season. Ryan Beattie on defense, 22 tackles, two tackles for loss. Quinn Nichols, 20 tackles, two tackles for loss, and two interceptions. Also, Aaron Gearhart with 16 tackles, and David Lowry with 7 tackles and 1 interception with 7 pass deflections. You look at players that are returning for the Helena High Bengals. Caden Hewitt had 108 completions out of 185 attempts for 58%. 1,571 yards, 21 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Also had 47 carries for 168 yards and 1 touchdown. Cade Holland returns. He had 15 carries for 131 yards and two touchdowns. Marcus Evans also back, 25 carries, 110 yards, four touchdowns. Defensively, 82 tackles, four tackles for loss, two sacks, one interception, and two pass deflections. Forrest Serrero, nine carries, 39 yards, and one touchdown. Then on defense, 54 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, and four sacks. Chase McGurn. He had 19 catches, 395 yards, six touchdowns. On the defensive side of the football, he had 19 tackles, one tackle for loss, three interceptions, and five pass deflections. Cade Schlepp also there, um, 11 catches, 104 yards, one touchdown. Devin Lawrence, 41 tackles, three tackles for loss. And Coulter Petrie, 24 tackles, two tackles for loss, two interceptions, and five pass deflections. Again, looking at this roster here for Helena High, obviously they've got to replace some guys along the offensive line. Also are going to have to try and find some new pass catchers for Caden Hewitt. Again, uh, you like what you see from Chase McGurn, and I've talked about him as well. I think he's uh, one of the top flight wide receivers in AA football, and obviously he's going to be wide receiver number one, I think, for the Helena High Bengals. So the question that I have after that is going to be, okay, who's going to be wide receiver number two? Who's going to be that slot receiver uh, tight end wise? Who could Helena High have uh, that can be that safety valve and stretch defenses in the middle of the field for Caden Hewitt? So again, it, it, that's one of my questions for the Helena High Bengals. Who are going to be the receivers that take over and help out Chase McGurn as well, maybe draw some attention because I think early on teams are going to look at that and they're going, all right, hey, we're going to move, maybe move one guy over, maybe shade the safety over uh, to Chase McGurn's side so that way they, that Chase McGurn doesn't beat them deep. Uh, I like their secondary as well. I mean, when you're talking about, again, Chase McGurn on the back end, you also got uh, Coulter Petrie. 
again, you're talking about two guys that did some really nice things on the back end in terms of getting turnovers, uh, breaking up passes as well. Again, you're talking about uh, five interceptions between the two of them, ten pass deflections as well. So, uh, again, I think on the back end, it looks pretty solid uh, for, I think, the Helena High Bengals. Again, they're obviously going to have to find and replace some other guys in that secondary, but not a bad place to start with those two guys. Outlook, uh, the Helena High Bengals took second last year in the West. They will look to improve on that mark. This team has been really good. Coach Evans has had a winning season since he has taken over as head coach. Hell, the last time this team had a losing season was 2005 and 2006 when they went 3-7. and seven. The Bengals haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher since Grady Koenig back in 2018 when he rushed for 1,257 yards. Evans and Holland will look to be the guys at least early on. We'll see if Coach Evans has a guy in the wings. The line, again, it sounds like there's a couple of guys that are going to be gone from last year, so they'll need to find guys that can protect Caden Hewitt, and that's going to be key this year. Unfortunately, Caden Hewitt has missed games already because of injury. So what I'm hoping for is that Caden Hewitt gets to play all the games this season. I think you're talking about his final year at Helena High. Again, this is a, a really talented quarterback. So, again, I'm hoping he's going to be able to play all the games uh, that he's going to have the opportunity to play at Helena High this year because, again, uh, he's just been so much fun to watch these last couple of years. So I'm hoping – and I'll get to play him all this year as well because, like I said, it's just really fun to watch him go to work and just do the things he does as a very talented high school quarterback. And very curious to see where uh, Caden Hewitt will be traveling uh, this summer as well and uh, showcasing his talents. But, again, uh, looking at this team, offensive line, got to replace a few guys there. Uh, defensively, as I mentioned, the secondary, I really like McGurn. I like Petrie back as well. Uh, two ball hawkers there. I think uh, one of the things that's going to be interesting is I really like Forrest Serrero. Again, very talented defensive lineman. Uh, I think this upcoming season, I think he can put his name right up there with one of the top sack artists by the end of the season in double-A football. Again, I, I think the sack crown is wide open. Uh, I think that depending on who's going to be that guy, uh, I think it's open to a couple of different people. And I think Forrest Serrero is a name that you definitely have to put into the mix as a guy that's going to be leading the double-A in sacks here in 2021. Special teams, they're going to need to find a new kicker as well. Um, we'll see what uh, Coach Scott Evans and company have on terms of the special teams and kicking aspect. That's always a key part of uh, winning football games. The Bengals are going to be a team that I think are in the conversation as challengers to the throne. And I'm talking about overall in double-A football. I'm talking about this is a team that I think is a challenger uh, for the double-A title. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, can they get back to the title game for the first time since 2017? I think that's a big question for the Helena High Bengals, and I think that's ultimately the goal here in 2021 for Coach Scott Evans and this Bengals football team. Looking at their schedule, Helena High will take on Great Falls on the road at Butte as well as at Missoula Hellgate, and they're at Flathead, and obviously the last game of the year, their crosstown rival, the Capital Bruins. Home games for the Helena High Bengals this year. They'll take on Senior, Sentinel, Glacier, and Big Sky at home in Helena at Vigilante Stadium. So the Helena High Bengals, a tough talented football team and they're going to look to make some noise out of the western conference in the overall double a landscape that's going to do it for our way too early look series on this episode of the knock on sports show podcast we took a look at the big sky eagles the helena high bengals the gallatin raptors and the great falls bison 
If you want to take a look back at episode two, we broke down the defending champion Sentinel Spartans, the Bozeman Hawks, CMR Rustlers, as well as the Hellgate Knights. We're through eight teams already in Class AA football in my way too early look series. Next week on the podcast, we'll break down another four teams, two from the East and two from the West. And we'll also continue looking at where our AA football players have been traveling throughout the week and throughout the summer as they go to camps outside of the state of Montana, as well as camps inside the state. I know Montana's got their camp going on, along with many others between Montana, Montana State, and the Frontier Conference. Players, if you want to let me know where you're going, hit me up on Twitter and Facebook at the Knock On Sports. You can just message me there or hit me up on the email at knockonsports at gmail.com. Speaking to that, fans, hit me up on those very same platforms. You can ask me questions, and I'll definitely answer them here on the podcast as well. Like I said, it's going to be very exciting with AA football. And just looking at some of the non-conference matchups, I said this earlier in the week, uh, uh, responding to a tweet by Ian Laird out of Bozeman. The non-conference schedule is really, really exciting, and I think we've got some great opportunities for some great football games uh, as well. So that's going to do it for us here on the Knock On Sports Show podcast for episode three. Again, you can check out all the previous episodes on the Podbean app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify as well, or wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button as well and support the show. Really appreciate everyone that's listened so far and love feedback as well. So again, hit me up on the social medias as well as on here or on my email at Knock On Sports. I'm your host, Anthony Knockreiner, and I... And knocking out.